0: Welcome to The Oral Report. The sexual exploration podcast that goes beyond sex ed, where we share, advise, and make the world a better place. One orgasm at a time. You guys, it's a snowpocalypse. I'm just kidding. We're really only supposed to get like 8 to 12 inches, lol. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's actually not that bad, and... Here's the positive. Here's what's turning me on tonight. There are no buses running, which means I am going to get a really good night of sleep with no buses stopping in front of my house. That's going to be awesome. Minus the, you know, foot of snow that we're going to have, which will be less than awesome. But we'll get through it. Um, so this week it's just me, it's Andra, Caitlin is out for the week, she will be back next week. We were just talking about some exciting new topics, um, but today I'm gonna chat a little bit about my recent visit to the OBGYN, otherwise known as the gynecologist, otherwise known as the lady doctor. Um, I have, want to start with like a little bit of a story, an anecdote, perhaps, um, so you're really supposed to when you're younger only be seeing a gynecologist if you are sexually active or i think by time you're like 18 i will check on that or if something weird's going on or you know um, but usually your primary care doctor will tell you right or if you want birth control something like that so i started seeing a gynecologist a little bit young Um, my periods were giving me all kinds of trouble And I was bleeding really heavily, and I had really bad cramps, and it was just really affecting my life in a negative way. And so I actually went to see one probably when I was about 15 or so, maybe 14 or 15. And I, you know, I was living with my parents, and I just went to my mom's because um, she, I mean, I trusted her, and I didn't know how to do research about my own doctors. And I went, and I remember... um, I want to say, and this is a long time ago now, but I want to say he ended up giving me a pelvic exam and a pap smear, which is, I understand the pelvic exam, especially if I'm dealing with a lot of cramps and problems with the period, and he wanted to check if there was anything weird going on, I understand that, but there really wasn't any reason for me to get a pap smear at that point, point. and I also recall having this incredibly um, intimate Intravaginal ultrasound, which is just as terrible as it sounds. Um, it's not like a regular ultrasound that you get on your stomach with the jelly. They actually go inside you via your vagina and feel around um, with an ultrasound wand. And I, I was really young. It was just, I don't know. I was maybe too young to realize what was happening with my own body. I didn't really have a good sense of who I was in, in that respect, and perhaps. I would tell myself at that age now, like, hey, take a look at what's going on. I, I don't really think this is this is right or appropriate or or really necessary. Um, but I was prescribed the birth control, um, and it did. It helped a lot. And And I also want to mention that this was a male gynecologist, which, <sighs> um, big sigh. Obviously, I am sure there are some really fantastic male OBGYNs. I don't doubt that. Um, I, I'm i pretty sure the person that delivered me was a male OBGYN, and I think he did a fantastic job. I, I'm here living, and my parents really liked him. But I, um, I don't know. For me, and, like, this is something that you have to figure out for yourself if you own a vagina. Um, for me, I don't really find that comfortable. Um, you don't have that part of your body if you're a man. You don't feel what I'm feeling. Like, you can learn as much as you can and go to school and and think that you understand but you really really truly don't and there's just kind of a barrier there like there's there's no way for that person to relate to you on on a real level that they need to be relating to you on, on in a health sense I think so anyways it wasn't until a lot well not a lot later but it wasn't until later that I started being sexually active and I, I mean I was 15 so I might be wrong on the years when I first went but it it was before I was sexually active, that I first started going to the gynecologist. And, you know, I went again with my mom at that point. I had told her and and let her know what was going on. And I remember going and sitting in this office with him, and he was like this old white guy with gray hair. And I remember him telling me, you're sexually active. If you get pregnant, your boyfriend is going to leave you. Or no, <laughs> he said, you will get pregnant and your boyfriend will leave you. And I just, I knew deep, deep down that there was something so wrong with that, that my doctor was giving me this unsolicited, inappropriate, really incorrect advice. He had no way of knowing any of these things. I I mean, yes, I was 15. That is young but I had made this decision very consciously, and it was incredibly mature and consensual. And I spent a lot of time thinking about that choice and going over it in my head and really deciding to do it with this person that I trusted 100%. And of course, we had had that conversation. That's I mean, you always want to have that conversation. What, What's going to happen, especially the first time, because you want to feel so, so safe and secure. What would happen if I get pregnant? Where would you be? What would our story be? And, you know, I wasn't dumb, we were using protection, and I was on birth control, and that was the reason that I was going to the gynecologist in the first place, and and I, again, was was a little bit too young to really know how to respond to that in a way that um, kind of could have put him in his place. I can't even imagine what that would be like now, um, if somebody said that to me, but I um, I had mind enough to go home and think it over and decide that I was never going to see him again. And to this day, I just think that that was so incredibly off base and inappropriate and that he had no place giving me any kind of advice that had to do with anything outside of my, my health. And that to me is, is outside of that space. So anyways, fast forward, I decided to see a different gynecologist um, when I was still living at home, and she was wonderful and a woman, and I really trusted her, and I only saw her for a short period of time before I moved away and went to school. Um, But in the city of Chicago, I knew that I needed to find a new one because it's very important, Um, especially if you're sexually active, you need to be going every year, definitely for your yearly exam. And I'm going to go over a little bit what happens um, when you do go in for that, as I just had my yearly exam, it is fresh in my brain. Um, So I see a group of women, Um, they're all women, which I really appreciate in the practice. I believe there's definitely upwards of 10 doctors, but I tend to see one specifically. And so I made an appointment with her and she is fantastic. I've, I've seen her before. She's actually done a procedure on me that was really minor, but same, you know, she was still putting me under anesthetic and that was a big deal, but I, I really do trust her and I've had good experiences with all the women in the practice. Um, and before I get into the exam, first of all, just as a, note and precursor to the story. I'm not about to release any information about myself that might be um, not smart or, or about my partners or, or anything like that. I, I don't want anybody to panic if, if they're listening. I'm, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. Um, so I went in and, um, you know, they, they want to take your weight, which is always the most fun part about going to the doctor, is stepping on the scale. Um, And then I'll go back to the room and usually the nurse is there and she'll take your blood pressure and ask you all kinds of questions. If your medication has changed, um, if there's anything they need to know, changes in your recent medical history, if you are currently sexually active, if it's one partner, if it's multiple partners. And if you ever feel like your doctor is judging you for those answers, you should find a new doctor immediately. Nobody should ever judge you for your sexual preferences for how many partners you have, um, for how little partners you have, if you're not sexually active. Um, the only concern they should have is your health. Um, so moving on. Um, so she's looking through my chart, the nurse, and she, I'm just casually sitting on this, you know, the the doctor bench chair situation. And she's looking through my charts and she goes, oh, are you here about um, the HPV? And I, there was a silence because this was the first time I was hearing about it. And I said, uh, excuse me, what? (laughs) She said, oh, oh no, like, did we not reach out to you? And I'm freaking out, like, uh, no, nobody reached out to me. I have no idea what you're talking about. If I have some kind of sexually transmitted infection, like, why wouldn't I have known about that? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and she's like, oh, well, yeah, probably what they're going to do is, uh, colcoscopy. And I didn't know what that was. Um, so once she left the room after telling me that the doctor would be speaking to me, I quickly am, you know, I'm freaking out. I Google all these things. Oh my gosh, HPV, what? Um, what's a colposcopy? I guess they like scrape all the abnormal cells out of your, out of your cervix. And it's just, I mean, I'm sure it's not pleasant, but it's not like a terrible thing. So I'm waiting and waiting for the doctor to come into the room and I'm kind of upset and um she comes in and she's like, oh, hello, she's doing, you know, her doctor thing. And she kind of gets to the point where she's like, you know, what's been going on? And I'm like, well, everything's fine. But your nurse just told me that there was an abnormality in my pap smear. And she mentioned HPV. And she goes, oh, well, that's strange. You, you would have known about it. Let's look at your chart. And so she goes over to my chart um, and she looks at it and she's like, oh, oh, no, no, no. Um, Your pap smear was actually fine, it came back just minimally, minimally abnormal, which means there were some abnormal cells in your cervix, which doesn't necessarily point to HPV, it just means that like there's something going on in there. But we don't even usually tell patients about that, nor do we even want to see them if we find that in their pap smear, because usually your body just clears it up she said and if if you if we had called you we would have probably just told you to come back next year because it would have been fine no matter what Whew. so i take kind of let my breath out because that was kind of a journey that i had been on but it was it was interesting and i learned some things in the process one that so many people have hpv and normally you don't know and your body pretty much just takes care of it i th- i think the statistic was something like 1 in 4 or 1 in 3 um, and in men actually you don't even show symptoms and many of the strains of it, you don't get symptoms at all. As a woman, you know, normally a couple of the strains are warts, um, but they don't always show up like that. And then the other thought I had too was, you know, I had the Gardasil shot and ladies and men, you can also get it as a man. Although when I was younger, they were, uh, advertising it more towards women, that is a painful, terrible, long process. You have to get three shots, and you pass out, and they don't let you leave, and you have to keep coming back, and it's really painful because it's really thick. Um, but I guess the Gardasil doesn't only really protects against the the warts kinds or a few of the strains. So uh, keep that in mind. You're not necessarily in the clear. But it was just a very uh, up and down sort of appointment. It's very interesting uh to me at least but yeah I'm I'm normal my results came back and nothing's going on so there was nothing to worry about in general uh so anyways we get through that conversation phew and then uh she asks you know do you want to we're going to do the pap smear do you want to also do an std screening and I always say yes um I think Anybody should say yes. I think it's, it's of course, like you're going to be paying a little bit more for it. But if you're sexually active, you owe that to yourself and your partners and you want to make sure that you're healthy. So um, at this point, you know, I'm disrobed. I have the gown on that's tied in the back and I'm completely naked. And you kind of just, you just kind of have to get over it. Like that lady is going to be in your lady parts and it's okay because she's in lady parts all day long. Like that is her job. Like that is what she does all day. It's not weird. It's fine. So uh, she asks me to put my feet in the stirrups and actually they're not really stirrups anymore. I don't know if like once upon a time there were like stirrups hanging from the ceiling but that's not really how it is anymore. They're just like little metal prongs kind of coming out of the end of the chair that you're sitting on so you scoot your butt up to the edge of the seat and you put your feet in the thing so your legs are kind of kind of spread open and then you're Your vagina is, like, right up close and personal, kind of at the end of the chair there with her face. And she did a pelvic exam, so she'll kind of feel around with her hands and make sure everything's okay. And um, then do the pap smear, which is a long uh, kind of Q-tip type situation. And they they open you up with uh, a metal... Uh, I want to say it's a speculum. I might be wrong. I'm not a doctor. But it's this uh, metal thing that... And don't be scared. It's not like scary metal. It's just like this kind of thing that opens up your vagina so that they can have a better view. It doesn't hurt. It just feels like a lot of pressure and they kind of crank you open like a like a fun toy, like a jack-in-the-box, except the surprise is that you're inside a vagina. And um, yeah, just c- kind of pressure. It's not comfortable, but it's not like the worst thing in the world. And then... Um, for the pap smear, which is when they're testing for kind of any abnormalities. It's not necessarily an STD screening. It's testing your pH balance, uh, different abnormalities in your vagina and your cervix, making sure the mucus is all is all going, going good and mucusy. Um, and the only thing with that is that it does touch your cervix, so that the end of the Q-tip is kind of touching an area of your body that doesn't necessarily feel very good or normal. It, it's a little... I don't want to say it hurts. Again, it's not like painful. It's just kind of like a, ooh, like that's not supposed to be in there. Um, But it's usually done really fast and then they get what they need and put it in this little container with liquid and they send it into the lab. Uh, And then because I got the STD screening as well, Um, it's, it's very similar. It's again, like kind of a Q-tip, but then they have to like, they stick it up you and then they leave it there for like a minute. And so I have this like weird Q-tip hanging out of my vagina while the doctor, doctor's talking to me about, I don't know, my life. Um, yeah, kind of, she'll feel around on your abdomen, not in, I mean, she'll have already maybe been inside, but she'll feel around your stomach and make sure everything feels, good and soft and, you know, make sure that your birth control is, is working well and it's what you want, and in my case it is. I, I really um like the copper IUD which is the paraguard Um and then she took the thing out and, you know, screwed it back into the little other cap thing and sent that off to the lab to be tested and she'll say, okay, anything else? And you say, No, unless there's something else, and in my case there wasn't. And then she'll say, okay, well, sounds good. We'll see you in a year, unless something weird comes up on your uh, on your test results. And and then she'll leave. And then you get to put your clothes back on and carry on about your day, knowing that you are in charge of your own personal, vaginal lady health. Which is a great feeling. Ugh! What a, is there really a better feeling than knowing that you are just on top of the health of your lady bits? Seriously. Like, fun. It's kind of fun. You're like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a woman, and or I'm a vagina owner, and my vagina is prime. My vagina is 10 out of 10 healthy. It is self-care. I won self-care today because I went to the OBGYN. I went to the gynecologist, y'all and uh yeah i got all my test results back everything is a-okay everything is in working order my vagina says thanks Andra. we're so healthy down here you can continue doing what you're doing so uh yeah i encourage you um if you are sexually active and you are a vagina owner to definitely go get your yearly checkup, definitely get chested, tested, chested, definitely get tested for STIs and, and all kinds of other things you have going on in there. And don't just assume that because nothing feels weird or that nothing's going on, that nothing is going on, because you never know. A lot of STIs and, and other interesting kinds of things, you just, you don't have symptoms or you don't know, and it just, it's good. It's like a fun, it's like a more fun trip to the dentist. And if you're still listening, some quick fact checking here. I was right. Um, Most people say that you should start going to the gynecologist when you're around 18 um, or when you become sexually active, although the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology recommends that young women have their first visit with an OBGYN between the ages of 13 and 15, which I think is better, um, especially if Parents, you're thinking like, oh, well, I'll just wait till they're 18 because there's no way that they're sexually active. You just kind of don't know. Like, they might not tell you. I think it's always just a good idea. And um, a hot tip, if you care about um, their health, if you are a parent who's um, considering taking that step or taking your child to the OBGYN, maybe don't be in the room. Because they might be able to be a little bit more transparent with the doctor about their health and... Wellness, and in the long run, that is much better for them. That's just uh, my hot take on that. Thanks for listening to The Oral Report. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Oral Report, or email us at The Oral Report Podcast and gmail.com to have your questions answered in a future episode.